Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Icons, we got to talk about Cozy. I love anything cozy, and specifically I want to talk about Cozy, the North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, high-quality products, super-fast delivery, and easy assembly. Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals, so if you want to get something for your living room but you're not sure if you just want a sofa, a love seat, or if you want a sectional, they have all of it, and they are uh, made to adapt to your space. This means Customers can add seats to their sofas over time. So if they get one thing, you can always add to it in the future. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, some wall shelving. I have a credenza from there as well as uh, they have TV stands, accessories. I also have a rug from there that I love because it's washable. I can throw it in. Uh, and everything's designed with purpose. So when designing its furniture, Cozy focuses on the customer experience to make sure it offers a product that's super easy, like I said, elegant and durable, easy to assemble, I should say. And uh, the products will fit the person's needs. You can also get outdoor sofas and coffee tables. And so it's not just indoor. And uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level. So you can check that out. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com to start customizing your furniture. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills just wrapped their most recent season last week, but I still have lots of burning questions, which is why I'm thrilled to say that our guest today is Crystal Kung Minkoff, one of the stars of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Crystal's here to answer all of my burning questions about that three-part reunion. I asked her whether or not she's coming back next season, when they might start filming. We also, at the end of the interview, get into questions about her coconut water business, which has never been featured on the show. And I thought that might have been a contract thing. But what I didn't realize was it's coconut water that I literally have in my cupboard because I make my smoothie with coconut water. It's the real cocoa is the name of her company. I didn't realize I'm using Crystal's coconut water to make my smoothies. And that's why I believe it always comes back to Housewives. It's always full circle with the Housewives. Everything in the world comes back to our gals. And so it was interesting to get to talk to her about that and also the Hip Hop Rob of it all, which a lot of people think that I made up the nickname Hip Hop Rob, but it actually is something Crystal said on the show that we call him now on the podcast. But what I did come to find out was that he was named Hip Hop Rob by a mutual friend that Crystal and I have in common. The mutual friend's husband is actually the one who named him Hip Hop Rob. It was an inside joke between them. Anyway, so life... Life always comes back to housewives. It always, always does. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon is now six degrees of the real housewives. It always is. 
Anyway, I hope you'll stick around for my chat with Crystal. As always, I'm going to try to put it up on the YouTube channel as quickly as possible, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. I also did a recap this week of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, so be sure to listen to that on the podcast feed. Wherever you listen to the podcast, be sure to hit subscribe or follow. It's super important, very helpful to the show. So just click that little button wherever you're listening to Everything Iconic. Super helpful. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You get my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? Wherever books are sold. And with all of that said, please enjoy my chat with Crystal from the Real House Size of Beverly Hills. I miss them. I know we said we were so tired of them, but now that they're off, I miss them. That's how we are. That's how Bravo fans are. are you? Crystal, it's so nice to meet you. You too. So, you know, I listen to your podcast sometimes. I'm always worried when a housewife listens to the show because I'm like, I don't know what I say half the time. I just recorded my episode. And I'm like, I sometimes black out because I'm just recording for an hour. And I'm like, oh my God, no, we like, I'm lucky to be married to Rob because hip hop Rob, because he really helps me like, remember that everything it's a TV show, right? It's entertainment. So we listen to you and just like laugh. Oh, thank like, you. Like if you thank say you. anything bad about me, I'd laugh. It's so funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to chat with you. Are you feeling decompressed after the reunion? Yes, but it only started this week because it finished airing. So even if you do it, it's, it's not, it, it needs to finish airing. That's yeah. really better. Yeah. Have you heard anything yet? I know pickup letters usually come out right after, shortly after the reunion. Have you heard anything about next season that you could tell me? I, uh, last time it was very quick because we went into filming very quickly, but we are not right now. So it's, everything is pushed. So that's what I'll say. Okay. Do you have any insight as to when filming might begin? It's going to be, I think a few months. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the Lisa Renna receipts? Because this has been a big thing on social media. She had like these two envelopes and Andy had said it was about the Elton John fundraiser. And then she had posted on her social media that it was also something else. So was there like a bunch that was filmed about that, that just wasn't aired or was it just yeah, for usual, a lot? Yeah. A lot gets filmed without airing. Um, I don't want to speak too much. on. I will, but like, I feel like, I don't know why she won't just say what, you know, she teases it a lot. She should say it because if she wants it out there, but um, there were two envelopes. Yeah. So one was in regards to the charity event. Um, and I actually, she had actually brought it out the very first day I filmed and they cut it. Uh, because it was just, it just had happened from Watch What Happens Live with Sutton. Um, so she, it was like receipts, like physical, like actual receipts. And then the other one was just sort of a series of text messages with her and Kathy. But we never, they never read it out. It was like, Andy had it kind of like, cause they were printed on, you know, eight by 11 paper. So he was kind of like shuffling through it. And he's like, oh, you know, he's like kind of skimming it. And then it didn't really go any. So. Yeah. And we we sort of get alluded to things, but then we don't really know. Was there anything that you were disappointed that didn't air for the reunion? Um, you know, there's always it's okay. I don't know if it's the show, but I tend to block things out. I 
I have a really bad memory when it comes to the show, what I film, even though it kind of recently happened. Um, But I feel like what's hard is when it tends to just read negative, like, you know, we talked about the kids and stuff like, I don't know. It's uh, I I feel like this, it all toot my own horn and I don't want to do that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always stuff that you feel like gets missed out. And I, I think I'm more bummed that like, talking about my ED and stuff like that, I didn't really get to have my story spoken out. It was more just me being in defense of other people speaking about it. So that was kind of strange. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It it seemed there was so much, I feel like cut out of the reunion and Andy had said it it could have been four parts, but then maybe people would have complained that it was too much. And I usually think four parts is too many, but it felt like there were a lot of things that we didn't get a lot of closure to, like the storyline with your eating disorder. And and hopefully we'll get to see more of, of that play out and in the coming seasons. But uh, it's, I don't know if if the audience would have been happy with four. They think it's, yeah. So you never know, but you know, I always feel like it's, you know, my, I can't control that. So what happened with you and Kyle? It felt like, I felt like we were missing a piece of the puzzle with you and Kyle, because it seemed like the two of you were at, at odds at the reunion, but were we missing something? Um, no, I would love to know too, why she came for me. I, it made no sense to me. I just felt like everyone had their, you know, they put a package out for each person and then you sort of speak on it and, and have a discussion about like your own story. And then no one else was interrupted, but mine. And she was the only one that did. So, I mean, I think the audience is smart. I think that they could read between the lines of, you know, her tending to try to shut me down and not let me talk um, or express myself. So I just sort of had it at that point. I was like, you you don't know why she was sort of coming for you so hard. Um, You know, some people just refuse. If if, I think that, you know, I mean, I think that's why they aired it. The the third episode, when I said like, you don't, you don't understand, you won't understand unless you have gone through the experience. And I think that's what it is. It's like, she just has never gone through it. Doesn't know what it's like to be in my shoes, nor is willing to sort of be open-minded about it. So if it doesn't make sense to her, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Have the two of you had any conversations since the reunion? Well, I mean, so we taught each other BravoCon, um, just a couple texts, but no, no. You know, the thing that was frustrating to me was that at the end of the reunion, Lisa Rinna was talking about the situation with Kathy and how traumatic it was. And the language she was using was so much. And yet they all had such an issue with the language you were using about the situation with Sutton. Did you find that to be a double standard? Was that frustrating to you to watch? Yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was frustrating for many people. My thing is that, you know, I think majority of the women are very good in that, like they are constantly inserting themselves. And I, you know, I want to make sure, like I was obviously, you know, I sort of get agitated and I'm like feeling these things. I'm thinking these things. And I'm like, how, like, how are you guys allowing this to be said about someone else? Uh, And you just come for me for two years about something that I experienced. Right. And that Sutton and I have both agreed upon, which is, that's even the most bizarre part, but you know, when you're, when you're sitting there and they're 
they're having these discussions to sort of just insert myself, like, what about me feels like Mm. it's sort of then I'm going to take away from that conversation. And I don't want to do that, even though I'm feeling internally. So yeah, so it's hard to find moments that feel organic and that makes sense to respond. But of course, but you know, like I said, the audience is smart. They see it. So yeah, we picked up on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I also think maybe this is a conspiracy theory that I have, but there was this moment at BravoCon with Erica and Dorit where Erica had said something uh, throwing PK and Dorit's relationship under the bus. And I felt like that was planned or staged because in my opinion, as a viewing audience, I think Dorit didn't really have a whole lot going on, understandably so in a lot of ways, but I can't imagine them bringing back Dorit full-time next season. And so I thought it was kind of like a last-ditch effort. And maybe that's me being fucking crazy. (laughs) I thought of it as like, I know they all seem to protect each other so much. And it felt like, oh, Erica was kind of throwing a bone. Now, I don't know that Erica knew exactly what she was going to say, but I thought it was like, oh, let me throw Dorit a bone. Did you feel that way or am I nuts? You're not nuts. Okay. And But like, you know, I think because you have a podcast like this, you dive deeper you know, and you sort of try to read between the lines and the nuances. For me, I, if it was a year ago, I would have been like, why did she say that? And now I'm like, I wonder. So I'm I'm trying to get smart to it. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me decline this call. Um, I'm trying to get smarter to it. But I noticed that when she got because I, I didn't see the show. I just saw that clip because uh, I get pushed all the, you know, this, the clips of our show. Um, she kind of sat there. She's like, I don't want to say. And she was like getting nervous. He's like, any show. And then she like walked up there very confidently and then said it like that. So I was like, not so sure. Yeah. But, hey, I'm- you know what? Maybe that's a good friend. I don't know. Like. Well, yeah. Yeah. On some level it is. Yeah. I think trying yeah. to help save someone's job uh, in some ways. But it it can be frustrating for the viewer, and I'm sure you see this, where it seems like there's this group of people on the show who seem to protect each other so much. And on some, like Angel and Devil, like the angel says, yeah, they're friends, and so of course they have each other's back. But sometimes as a viewing audience, it's hard when we see the double standards, like we had mentioned the Lisa Renna and the language she was using in terms of Kathy Hilton, and then how it's different for somebody who's sort of outside of that group. So I wonder, what's been your experience with the groupings on the show, is it frustrating as a cast member or are you used to it? Yeah. I mean, it takes time. I think the audience is savvy and they see it uh, more quickly. And I, I kind of thought I would walk in and be like, I'm going to kill them with kindness. And like, that doesn't work. Um, So I remember early my first season, Garcelle said to me, and I think they aired it. It was a quick moment when we left La Quinta the house. And she's like, you know, she said something like, don't you feel like they don't include us? And like, I was like, no, like, I just don't, I'm just naive like that. I'm like, no, they're include, like they're including us. And that was her second season. And now that I'm at second season, I was like, oh no, I, I see it now. So it just sort of takes time, but yeah, it's hard not to notice that. I mean, so I think when she said that to me was she kind of felt like it was happening to us together. Um, and so now I really see that. And and in a way, it sort of bonded us, you know, me, and Garcelle of being like the outsiders. But yeah. I don't know. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> uh, talk to me about hip hop rap. Now, we were talking before we we started airing about where the nickname came from. And I want to know just how, how did you meet and how did the love story begin? If you will. Okay. Um, 
there's a lot of chatter about how we met because I will say um, when I was announced on the show, there was another Crystal Kung who actually were pen pals, which is ironic. Uh, we became pen pals because she gets a lot of emails of mine and vice versa. Um, but her, she's a, she's actually an animator, which is even more fascinating, but she, her profile was on Google. And so our profiles got blended. And so my birthday became different. So people were like, Oh, they met, you know, Rob and Crystal met, you know, when she was a lot younger than she says, I'm like, no, it's her. So my, her birthday is still attached to my name online, which is very annoying. Um, but anyway, so when I was, um, at UC Irvine, I was studying, I was pre-med student and I had some girlfriends. I grew up in LA and they said, drive back up to LA and go to this party. It's a friend's birthday party. So I went to this party in West Hollywood and it happened to be Rob's studio, his animation studio. He was directing a movie at Disney, but he liked to be off campus. So he had his own offices and he was throwing a birthday party for a friend. And, um, I walked in and he had this like gorgeous office and, you know, like really amazing. And he was playing the piano and he was kind of like in the corner, like a loner. And I'm like, Oh, like I didn't know anybody. So I just like hung out with him. And then we just chatted all night. And then he invited me to the Finding Nemo premiere the next weekend. I never been to premiere. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So he must just be so rich from me. I mean, the two of you are together, but from the Lion King, I mean, come on. Well, no, I mean, that's such a funny question. Look, he, we are rich with love and rich with um, joy from providing children and adults happiness. And money too. But I want to know, is there, uh, like, does he have a keepsake? This might be a silly, stupid question, but I'm a huge animation junkie too. And I wonder, is there like a a keepsake or something in the house? Like a a Wait, you want to see what I'm staring at? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's original. They're uh, everywhere. And look. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm so fascinated by this. There used to be the show on Disney Plus called Prop Culture, and it was only one season. I loved it so much, but it was like this guy who would go around and look at all these classic movie props. And so I'm so fascinated. Oh, cool. I know Lion King was obviously animated, but I just. Uh, no, but we have all the props. Like you still need to create you know, the physical part of it. So um, we have all those pieces and Rob also directed um, Stuart Little and he has, it's incredible. It's in the basement, but it's like the model of Stuart on the the plane that they actually use. Uh, like, and then they animate on top of the clay. So. Oh, I love that. Do you have a it, 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 I would love to. Do you have a favorite of one of his movies? I mean, Lion King's obviously, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, did he do Mr. Peabody? Yeah, I love it. Okay, but wait, is he? He looks like Mr. He looks Peabody. Like Mr. Peabody. No, no, okay. wait. So Mr. Peabody is actually from Bullwinkle. They're characters from the 60s. Okay. So okay. he brought um, that, Classic Media owns it, and he brought it to DreamWorks. They ended up buying the whole catalog but uh, Bullwinkle. But um, ironically, it looks like Rob. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I I saw that when I was doing my research, and I was like, man, that looks just like him. And I know he he worked on Rob it. Rob tends to write, uh, not write, well, he writes too, but he's tends to direct movies that lean into like father son stories. Mm-hmm. So Peabody and the Sun, Stuart Little and his dad, you know, Simba. We got to get Rob on the podcast because I feel like I could ask him so many questions. I'm such a huge oh animation junkie. He would do it anytime. Um, okay, so let me ask. Let me get back to house size because people are going to yell at me. Uh, 
the 14, was it 14 friends or this whole thing that played out? I guess it was announced on some other podcast. I saw it in a blog that what had happened was Bravo had asked some of these women to be on the show. And you said, you can't do that. That'll ruin your life. And then you joined the show. Can you clear up what happened? Was any of that true? Yeah. So, I mean, sort of true. Um, I had uh, someone that I knew who wanted to do it and her, I'm not getting too too much detail about her life, but um, you know, you have to, you have, your family has to support you in it. Right. I mean, it's a big, it's not just an individual choice. It's your kids, your family. And she wasn't having that support and she wanted to know what she should do. And I said, if you're not going to be supported by your family, it's not a good thing to do it. And this was like, five years ago. It was a long time ago. So then um, I was, but she wasn't asked to do it yet. She was like doing interviews. So that part gets a little bit murky, but that's also a, a detail that's kind of irrelevant, even if she asked or not, these are, you know, everyone makes their own choices. Right. Yeah. But that was my advice. And I would still give it to the same, every single one of my friends, if their husbands, kids, moms says, don't do it. It's not good. For, then I would say, you should consider not doing it. Um, and then when I got the call, I had mentioned it to her and she was like, well, why is it okay? And I said, well, I have support. So, you know, I hope you understand that. And she didn't. So that's what happens. But um, was you she know, someone that we would know? Is she, cause a lot of the Beverly Hills women are. Yeah. No, no. Okay. But you know, I, I'm a really transparent person and I consider myself a very good friend and very honest, and I'm not just going to yes people to death and whatever. And so, but I'm also like hyper, I have my own business. I'm really supportive in women in business. And, um, and I just was like, I can't, I was a little shocked that I wasn't supported, but at the same time, when I think back now, I'm like, you know, the signs are there. Um, and so that's what happened. And so I mentioned it to Rena. We had lunch after my first season, um, right after we wrapped and she's like, how's it going? And I was like, well, you know, this happened. And she was like, oh my God, like, get ready. It's, it's like, it's going to continue and people get triggered by whatever, not just this show, but like different businesses and stuff that you're doing. And, um, and then they brought it up on camera and I was like, okay, this is how it works. <laughs> And it was annoying because we couldn't dive into it because it was about the show. Yeah. Yeah. So they were about to drop the bomb about something that was pertaining to the show, but then you couldn't explain it. I, I, I literally was like, you guys, it's about the, like, it sucks. Like, what are you guys doing? You know? And was, Um, was Kyle or Teddy involved in that group somehow? No. Yeah. Okay. So they just heard about this story and brought it onto the show. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. I only know Teddy through like some of my mom friends. Like we never hung out before. Like we would hang out like, like maybe at like a, a mom, like a, like a kid's class or something, but like, we didn't really, but you know, we knew each other enough where she called me and said like, Hey, are you interested in the show? So she's the one that put my name in. Then they fired her. And that was tough. That made me feel really bad. Cause that was not yeah, the intent. I know that that would be hard for anyone. I think. Yeah, yeah. that was hard. We have to take a quick break here. I want to thank Acast. Go to everythingiconic.store for Everything Iconic merch. And we'll be right back with much more from Crystal from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. 
icons. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you have two choices. Frustration? Ah! Or sales. I prefer don't you? That's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Now, Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity. No matter how big you grow, step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like here at Everything Iconic. We use this as well, but also Ruggable, Allbirds. I love my Allbirds. I love my Ruggable. Brooklyn and so many others. I can say from experience, it's really easy to use. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate everything over super easy and conveniently. And I feel like after months of hard work creating the look and feel of your brand, it can be soul crushing when your commerce platform makes it blend in with the rest. But when you switch to Shopify, you'll regain control of your brand's look and store functionality. Thanks to stylish, no code themes truly could not be easier your customizations, and advanced shopping features that keep your customers coming back. So stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic, shopify.com slash everything iconic. Oh, okay, wait. So the Kathy stuff to you, I left the reunion being like, oh yeah, she probably said all these things because, but maybe I missed something. Do you think she said any of that stuff? So look, we were, we all went to the club after, not everybody, but a bunch of us did. And it was, I, I'm the one that called the van. Like she was pissed. I saw her pissed off or whatever. You can't hear anything. Literally. It's like, the only person I could talk to was Rinna, who was next to me. And we were, I was like, let me call the car. She's like, okay, like, let's go. So I, she and I were going to go and take Kathy home. But, uh, okay, I'm just going to clear up how this happened. You know, yeah. there's a whole coat or whatever. So when we all went, they the production had um, like a security guard with us because it was the whole cast, essentially, right? And this, And when you go there, you have to check your coat. That's just their rules. And Rena refused to give up the coat. I mean, she like was like, this is a look and whatever. So she bulldozed her way into the door and had her coat on. So the security guy with us held onto our tickets. So he was like, so we didn't, whatever. I don't, now I think like why, but he did. And so when I was calling the car, I was like, Rena, take Kathy to the car. I'll meet you there. Let me get my coat. I literally could not find this dude. And then Finally, she's te- like, Rena's texting me, like, we got to go. Where are you? It was like, just go. I'm like, oh, you know. And then I ended up staying for another hour and drinking, but that's all I really saw. And then we got on the plane and then the next day, and I noticed that Kathy wasn't on the plane, but she didn't fly in with us either. She met us there and everyone seemed fine. So I don't know. <laughs> I was confused too, because wasn't Mauricio in the house, but he didn't seem to hear anything or notice anything. Yeah. I mean, all these like theories I hear about, like, you have to remember, like, I'm only in my experience. I go back to like the other house. Like I barely went to Kyle's house. We did that one night, the first night we were there, which was so awful that whole night. And then 
I don't remember going, oh, we just stopped there to go skiing. But like, other than that, we were always in our house, me, Sutton, um, Garcelle and Sheree. So like, I wasn't kind of putting all those things together of like, was someone else in the house? And like, I don't know. Yeah. So do you think there was like, it, it was the truth was somewhere in the middle of like, maybe. Isn't it always? Yeah. 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 No, is it? Like, no, yeah. is it? So I think the problem was, it just felt like Rena was trying to make a meal out of a snack in a lot of ways. And it but was, that's what the show is. They yeah, talked about yeah. dark for two years. So yeah. it's not that surprising. But I just wish with Beverly Hills, like I wish that instead of harping on one thing forever and ever, it's like, just tell us what happened. And like, then we can either move on from it or something, but it oftentimes feels like in Beverly Hills, it's like, there's this one thing and then we're just going to talk about it and tease it for a hundred episodes. And that was a situation where you, you mentioned earlier with Rena sort of teasing things. And it's like, that's what gets frustrating. It's like, let us know what happened. And but maybe some of that was out of her control. That's their style. Like, and I say yeah. they, like anyone that does that, that's going to be their style. Like, yeah. you know, if we're trying to, if we're saying like, we're done, like we're done talking about it. If they're not done talking about it, like, I don't know what, I mean, I guess I need to find a way to really try to shut things down or just, I don't know, but that's really on in the individual. So I can see why it's frustrating and annoying to watch like something that's endless. Is there anything else you want to clear up from the season about anything that happened on the show that you feel like was maybe confusing for the audience or you'd like to clarify? Um, it's so hard because when I watch, it's interesting watching the show back, you naturally fill in the gaps because you know what happened. And so I, I sort of relinquish whatever edit is out there as to what it is, because I know I go to bed feeling like I'm an honest person and I, you know, and I do my best to like be a good person and all that. But, um, I'm, I'm still figuring it out as I watch, you know, like, it's like, but the audience is so smart. They show me things that I (laughs) miss. Um, but no, I mean, I just think the double standards stuff is just beyond annoying. Um, and I didn't really realize it until now, like as, as hardcore it is, but now I'm, now I can feel now that I'm, I feel strongly about it. I have no fear about saying it right. Where before I'm like, is it happening? And mm-hmm. so I'm quiet about it. And people are like, oh, she's flip-flopping and she's this. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to make a statement until I feel confident in it, you know? So now I'm like, okay, it's, it's so obvious that I, I can't ignore it. Yeah. And sometimes that's why it's best for housewives to t- stick around for a few seasons because they get their footing a little bit. And then we get to see housewives flourish. I think Garcelle had like a, a, an amazing season. I thought it was her best season yet. And I think that was her third season. So I sometimes think it just takes a little minute to get the footing. Who would you like to see gone next season? I feel like, oh, I feel like Dorit and Rena are, are out. Am I wrong I'm by that? Right. I'm going to let you say those things. Okay. I don't know. I mean, do I think that there are people who like have lost sort of actually like lost the reality of what's going on? Yes. Yeah. But you're um, inferring Rena. <laughs> no, I mean, like, 
by the way, I when I Rita is like very I think she's just emotional. <laughs> like there's a lot of like I, I enjoy Rina like like off camera, she's kind of like different, but but then I see her on social and I'm like, what is I know. I feel this. The hell? I just get off I social. I know. I think I'm like, why isn't somebody just taking her off social? Because I do think Rena adds a lot to the show. Oftentimes this season, I feel like the, the plot was lost a little bit, but I think a lot of it is because of social media. And Andy said to her at the reunion, this, you're a disaster on social media. And I just wonder why no one is saying like, just stop, take a step well, back. I think, I think they are. Um, yeah. I think she probably has people around her saying it. Andy said it, the audience, audience is saying it. But like I said, like, this is an individual thing. You can't like, unless you ban social from like all cast members, like people are going to do what they want to do. You know, I mean, that's what like Sutton and Garcelle and I always like talk about it. Like we, like we let the show run and then we just sort of like live our lives, you know, like it is hard to watch and like experience and whatever, but like, I, I choose not to engage in like that way. But, um, you know, some people just like, they feel they need to dig their heels in. And like I said, when you watch the edit, like I've relinquished that. Whereas like, she won't. And that's just a different personality. Yeah. Uh, any ex- yeah. <laughs> any ex-housewives you would like to see come back? Um, should we give Denise uh, and Big Dick Aaron another go? Should we give Camille back in there? Like, what should we do? Um Look, I think that they're both like, I, I know Denise a little bit. I know Camille through another friend. She's the best friends with my friends. Um, they both bring a, definitely a different element. You know, I don't know. I, cause it's like each, I don't know the return, the girls who are going to return from this year, like what's their motivation next year. So if they're exactly this, that's the thing. People think like, oh, if you're exactly the same, like if Rena was exactly the same she is now, bring in Denise, bring in Camille. But like, what if she adjusts? And mm. then what? Like, what's going to happen? So I think it's just a crapshoot. And I think that, you know, there are professionals that cast, so whatever they want. But um, uh, I've always liked Eileen. Oh, I like Eileen too. I, yeah. Do you know She's her like, at all? No, I don't. Yeah. But I, like I, I just... Feel like I mean we're like serious world poker tour fans, so maybe that's why. But she seems very balanced, um, and I like I I tend towards that kind of person. Yeah. I would also, I mean, the total opposite of that is Brandy, but I would like a Brandy return because she's a firecracker. I'll tell you, I people say like I would get along with Brandy. It doesn't seem like that on the show, my personality, but. Um, I like a little wildness. I think it's fun to like experience. I, cause I'm not super wild. So like I, but I, I like to be around it. I think it's fun. She yeah. seems like wild. The last two questions I ask all of my guests are uh, your favorite Mariah Carey song. And if you were choosing for people magazine, sexiest man alive, who would you choose? And you can't choose hip hop rap. It's gotta be somebody else. So difficult then. <laughs> um, I'm going to say with Mariah. Right now, it's her Christmas song because it just makes her billions of dollars. But um, I I used to listen to a lot of Mariah. I would say Fantasy. Is that a weird call? No, it's a great one. Okay. okay. Um, and um, Hottest Man. Oh, this is so weird and embarrassing. that I'm just, No, I can't even say it. It's too embarrassing. You have to say it. Give me a hint. Uh, okay. 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 
I just flew home from Europe last week and I ended up watching Maverick. And I'm like, I literally kept texting Rob. I was like, Tom Cruise is a movie star. I was like, I don't get it. He's probably like comes up to my, you know, elbow, whatever. I always got the lifts in. I just, he has like, he does that brooding, like he'll look at you and I don't know. To me, the hottest he's ever been was Jerry Maguire. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. And I watch it all the time and I'm like, man, he was, I, I mean, he, I still a good looking man, but I watched Jerry Maguire. I'm like, I don't know if anyone was hotter than him in that movie. Yeah. So hot. And I've always loved Pierce Brosnan. Like I feel like a nineties kid. Like I, yeah, that's like, yeah. Crystal, this was so fun getting to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time. Also, you were an actor too. You were in a movie called flypaper. Did you? Okay, wait, hold on. I'm not an actor at all. Okay, wait, but were you in movies? Movies. And so when I travel with him and they need a stand in, guess who like has to show up like fucking me. So like, but what happens is like, they have to give you a credit. They can't not give you credit. So like, I have like the dumbest credits on IMDb now, but no, I am not an actor. And, um, no, I own a coconut water company. That's what I do. People we don't even know. The, we don't even see the coconut water on there. Why don't we see I it? Know, on we're there? actually like, I I have the second largest company in the world, coconut water. <laughs> Wait, why don't they show it? Is it because they wanted a cut if they show it? Is that a thing? Um, they do not get a cut of it if I showed it. I'll just yeah. say that. No, I've owned it for ten years. It's called Real Cocoa. I and- drink real cocoa. I drink it. I make my smoothie every single day with your coconut water. I don't know why I never put this together. Yeah, Costco. That's I never, my brand. I never put this together. I literally have it every <laughs> single day. Yeah. Wait, what do you drink? You drink the one. I drink the one um, it, it. There's a smoothie from the Earth Bar that I used to get all the time. It was um seventy two dollars. Yeah, it was. I don't even remember what it was called. The de- maybe detox or something. Anyway, I get the frozen um, berry mix from Target. It's like uh, yeah. pineapple, mango, strawberries, coconut water, uh, v- vitamin B12 drops, and uh, a vegan protein powder. I mix it all together. I'm so happy. It's like my go-go that. juice. That's what I drink oftentimes before I record my show. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So we, my brother and I, my best friend, I went to high school. We started it 11 years ago now. And we have 40 farms in Vietnam and Thailand. And, um, yeah, but we don't, it's never talked about. <laughs> we need to see it on the show. We need to see some I hope of those. So I hope next year we get to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, cause that's just, we it, see the fucking agency every five seconds. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start like placing it like across all every room, you know, just like wallpaper, you know, but that's my thing. Like I host parties, I cook, I like that, like that's, that's at my core who I am. And like, I try to show that on the show, you know, like whether I do like a fancy party or like a dumpling making party, you know, it's like, it's all encompassing. I just love people around and I love to entertain. So. And that was a murder mystery party. It wasn't. It all got, yes. It wasn't just us standing in my basement, but um, I think, I think because the Aspen stuff got really amped up and more like they didn't, you know, so we had a whole party, um, this guy came in and did the mister, you know, like I like died on the, on the chair or whatever. It was like blood. And that's why people are like, why does the cake have blood all over it? I'm like, yeah. it was 
very thematic. I, I, I plan my parties very thoroughly. So it's weird when a party is edited and you're like, that makes no sense. And all the food that I served was like very specific to the twenties and the cocktail, like, you know, but you did see a little bit of my coconut water in the background, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, we don't talk about it too much, but do you like Erica Jane? (laughs) I know I wrapped this, but I'm like, now I'm thinking I need to ask you about Erica Jane. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get to see different sides and like they get to see different sides of me too. So um, I just don't like, I mean, you've, you saw, I just don't, sometimes don't understand um, her position and things. And I say it loud, but I also drop it. I said my piece, right. I don't understand it and we can still move forward. Yeah. I will not drag it out for three years. So. Crystal, what a delight talking to you. Tell Hip Hop Rob that if he needs a voice actor, I can just come in there and read one quick gay line reading. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pigeonhole yourself, don't pigeonhole yourself to a gay line. You can oh, well, be anything you want. But I'm setting the bar low. It's like I just want to come in and do at least like one line. Just you know, say girl and then get out of there. And girl, I love a lead girl. role too. But you know, we're we're setting the sights low. Crystal, thank you so much um, for taking the time. Thank you so much. For I'm going to go make my drink with your coconut water. Get real. Get real. Get real. Get real. <laughs> 